the rags to riches American dream. Everybody loves to hear that story. So uh, one of my buddies and guys that I look up to in business, Victor Daniel, was visiting from New York. And so I had him come by headquarters here. And um, I was like, you got to tell this story because like people are all over the place. I've been on this side of the good stick of money, you know, and I've been on the the other side. And when you're on the downside, when you have no money, it's hard to realize that there is hope. So I thought I, your story's always been inspiring to me. So Victor Daniel runs four uh, multi-million dollar businesses now and uh, knows a ton of stuff. Like I keep notes on my phone, people like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and also Victor Daniel. So this is a guy that I really look up to. Um, just knowing stuff. We just were recording an accelerator like about, you know, using independent contractors. He has 80 independent contractors running business form around the world. He's got real insight on using data, deep dive and data stuff. And then we're talking about he's a master networker. This guy knows everybody. But I wanted them. I wanted you to talk for this. It's not like on my daily vlog. I was like, people got to hear your rags to riches story, like where you were. So Take us back. It's like the 90s, right? It was the 90s. Okay. I, um, I actually had that human wellness company. It was astrology, personal training, hypnotherapy. And I was working in the club. Okay. And I was bartending. And I was building up like my personal training portfolio. And I got in touch with this business where we do fresh food based on a popular delivery. Okay, yeah. And um, I, uh, it took many years. Yeah. And I started... Welcome to the Money's Not Evil podcast. Please, if you love this episode, please subscribe. Do me a favor, smash that subscribe button and even leave a review and comment down below. I started building it up and started making from tens of thousands of dollars a month to hundreds of thousands of dollars really? a month. And yeah. this is from being like a bard because you grew up in Queens, right? I grew up in Queens. By the way, if you've seen the movie The Big Short, his brother... Well, it's an actor playing his brother, Vinny, the guy with Steve Carell in the big short that ended up making Jeremy Strong played Jeremy Strong plays him. Yeah. So if you see that movie, that's Victor's brother in real life that they're portraying. But so you come from this regular background. You're just a bartender making just got out of college, making a little money, starting my own businesses, networking through the bartending people coming in. I tell them about my astrology, personal training, hypnotherapy business. But uh, I branched off. I left the bar. I started doing really, really well with the dieting business, making lots and lots of money. Oh, this was Zone. Were you working with Zone Diet? Yeah, the, yeah. It, was a, a, it was a diet based off of the, the Zone, Zone Diet. diet. Okay. Right. Very and serious. essentially, um, what had happened was I was the second in command, and okay. I didn't really have the reins. So I was making big money, yeah. but I didn't have the reins. You didn't have control. I didn't have the total control, and it, yeah. that was my lesson. I was. Uh, at that time, young, I was 28, and uh, I made my first million, And but I knew that it was collapsing because um, these marketing companies that I was working against, they merged them into one, huh. and uh, the owner of the company started forcing us to spend countless advertising, which drained all of our right. budgets and our revenues. Um, and I knew, uh, that I was going to go bankrupt. I knew that I was going to lose money because the guy just literally stopped paying my commission checks and I still had to pay things out. Okay. Um, and I knew that I was going to go underwater. 
So after I filed bankruptcy, um, I had still had my bartending and I still had my other businesses, but there was a time where I went underneath and I knew I had to pay some people back. Even though I went bankrupt, I still paid people back that I actually oh, sent so back. I yeah. kind of, I did the right you, thing. You did the right thing. I kind of did the right thing. I told him, I said, look, you're not going to get it back right away. Yeah. But I'm going to get it back to you. Yeah. On my own terms. Yeah. I legally don't own you Because legally, once you're bankrupt, you didn't have to pay. I don't have to give a minute. Okay. But to people that it was really, I had to do it to everybody that I took care of the people that I need to take care of. Um, and it was interesting because it showed me that I needed to be my own boss. Yeah. I had to lose it. Yeah. Because I would I I was very devoted to this guy. Yeah. And I had to be I had to be like deceived and I had to be go through that in order to build my new business huh. and to be my own boss. And and most people would be so discouraged after making a million and losing it, uh, not to go back. But when you get that taste of that life and that yeah. livelihood some people get so discouraged they might not want to be a part of this world anymore, but I just turned yeah, it around. Yeah, people commit suicide over a lot less than a million dollars. You lost a million, you know, that's... Yeah, yeah, more, much more. And essentially, at the end of the day, it really gave me the drive yeah. to build my new businesses. And it didn't take... It was the first... Uh, the dating business that I got into after I was in the dieting business, the first couple of years were rocky. Yeah. I was undercapitalized. Um, I was going against match. I was going yeah. against bigger, uh, guys and, um, through determination. Yeah. Um, a and lot also of, and niching, you got niche. So niche. So you didn't try to compete with big corporations like match.com. You started focusing more on data and stuff like that. Right? Advertising yeah. based. Yeah. Um, we have sites now with the dating with people that have pets that want to meet other people with pets. Yeah. But then advertisers like. Petco and all those right. other people we go after because we have this database and yeah. stuff. Same thing with smokers. We go after all smoker-related uh, yes. products. Because uh, someone watch, like if somebody's watching and they're discouraged and then they're like pulling themselves out of the wreckage of maybe a failure in the past and you... This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Start something. And then you feel overwhelmed because, oh my God, somebody else is already doing it better than me. The answer that you found is... Go more specific, go more niche. Don't try to compete with the big boys. Compete on your terms, you right. know? Exactly. And we did a lot of things that they weren't doing. We were doing a lot of guerrilla marketing. I was, at the time, my partners and I were going into the clubs, shaking hands with people before the laptops were around and these convenient apps were around. We were you handwriting were yeah. stuff. And you Those still are, do face-to-face -face stuff now. Still do face-to-face Because -face a lot of people stuff. watching are like, so we become so high tech, you forget like old school still works. Like people are like, Ty, I emailed this person about, you know, doing business with me or mentoring me or partnering with me. I'm like, well, why don't you go meet them? And people are like, what? And I'm like, exactly. believe it or not, there's a world outside of phones. For real. And I feel like once you do meet that person, it becomes a little bit more intimate. You get yeah. more connected with that person and 
and it, it helps you. It helps foster the relationship, you yeah. know? And I feel like if anybody's lost money or is about to lose money, you know, don't be so discouraged. Start encouraging yourself, you know? Put yourself into a new direction. Tell, tell that story you were in a nightclub when you, things were going well, where the guy came up to you. That's a cool story. I was, uh, it was right around the time that I was about to go bankrupt. I was out in a nightclub. I was supposed to be enjoying myself. I was with friends, but I had like a sad face. I was, yeah. you know, losing money and stuff. And I was like, you know, I just got to get better. And some guy out of nowhere, and he saw me, and I don't know. I just, I knew that he was just like a messenger in a sense. You yeah. know, it's like, he goes, look, I know you're in a bad space right now. I need you to smile. You need to cheer up and remember that the more people you know, the more resources you have. Yeah. And to make sure you foster those relationships. And he came out of nowhere. And then he just disappeared. And he disappeared. Yeah. We were in a nightclub and, and I went to my friends. I was like, you gotta meet this guy. You gotta meet this guy. Boom. Boom. Gone. It's like a nightclub guardian angel. <laughs> That's what we call him. He was. I like that. He was. He came like from wherever. Yeah. And he was there just to help me out and give me like a little kick in the butt. It's funny how life has like those little turning points where you can look back and be like, man, what happened if I had missed that one little turning point? You know, so you, you were aware. And when you hear stuff from smart people, I've learned, listen, like this guy told you to smile. Yep. You smiled. It changed your whole physiology, changed yep. your, your psychological outlook. And then people start vibing off you being upbeat and they feel upbeat. Exactly. And that pulls you out of bank. I mean, to make money, you have to offer value to people. And one thing, what's in, what's in rare, um, uh, rare supply nowadays? Happy people. So just you being happier, all of a sudden people are like, dude, this dude is happy. When everybody else on Prozac and Ritalin and whatever, it's like, you're this jolly dude, you know? And you've always been that way for me. So thanks for sharing your story, man. That's My awesome. Pleasure. So uh, what's the best place if they want to email you or any kind of contact um, Twitter or anything like that? They could email me at uh, Vic at EliteMate.com. Vic, V-I-C at EliteMate.com. So cool. Talk to you guys soon. If you oh, leave a little th little comment. What's the best guardian angel story you have? You know, maybe or the best word of wisdom somebody gave you when you were kind of down and out. We'll have a little survey. You can read below all the comments. I think mine was um, when Mike Stanback said to me, "Ty, if you listen to what I say, one day you're gonna hug my neck." And I always remember that. I was like, this dude is confident enough of his advice. That he's like, one day you're going to thank me. And, and he, he was right, you know? So, what's yours?